0: Here's a message from Ken LaVica.
1: Envision a world where a rule has always existed. A player has always broken that rule and has been allowed to get away with it. Then the rule gets enforced, and that player is the victim. I present to you Major League Baseball. Joe Rigotti hit the open. On your mark.
0: Gets it. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavic Alive on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU, MBA, and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. <laughs>
1: Pitchers are really on to something about being able to earn some privilege or they're just the whiniest bunch of athletes going right now. Ah, I, I, I've been cheating, and no one said anything, and I was able to get away with it and make a lot of money because of it, and now they want to crack down on it, and now I'm the victim. That's what we're hearing from pitchers in Major League Baseball. Ken LeVick Alive featuring Coquel, Joe Rigotti running things here on this Wednesday from the Anna John Levine Action and Attorney Studios downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off the Intracoastal. I, I promise you we are going to get to some NBA because Coquel all hell has broken loose in the- the NBA this morning Kawhi Leonard uh, has a knee injury that's going to keep him out of the rest of uh, at least this playoff series perhaps the rest of the season he could be out Uh, Chris Paul is now docked for an indeterminate amount of time because of COVID concerns as the Suns get ready for the Western Conference Finals Stan Van Gundy's been fired by the New Orleans Pelicans Scott Brooks won't come back as head coach of the Washington Wizards as well uh, and you had Kevin Durant with an all-time historic playoff performance last night. Other than that, there's nothing going on in the NBA. No news. No n- Nothing. A- absolutely nothing. Uh, but I want to start here. Let's start with pitchers. With, with Major League Baseball, and let's start with pitchers. So, Major League Baseball has sent a memo to all of its teams and to all of its pitchers that if any sticky substances are used other than rosin, we're talking spider tack. We're talking sunscreen mixed with dirt. We're talking anything that might be an artificial enhancement as an uh, in in ability, giving you an extra ability to grip the baseball. That is going to be met with, no questions asked, a 10-game suspension with pay. 10 games docked by Major League Baseball to its pitchers. And this has been met with a lot of derision from Major League Baseball's pitchers. Let's start with the Chicago White Sox Carlos Rodan, who pitched a no-hitter earlier this season against the Cleveland Indians. He wanted to go back and hearken back to the Houston Astros cheating scandal.
0: The way I look at it is it's hard it's hard to see this when you're giving out ten game suspensions for cheating. But you give the Astros no, no suspensions at all. So I mean if Rob Manfred can look himself in the mirror and say, hey, I'm doing the right thing, that's fine. You can't suspend the team that you actually knew was cheating during the playoff game.
2: That's on you.
1: Okay, and I I get what he's saying. I get his um his argument that no players were given suspensions. But know, if you, know you know
2: were f- sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I do. You do mean to cut me off. But do you know what my favorite part of his argument was? Wah! Yep. Wah! they don't want us to cheat
3: yeah i got caught cheating i mean that's basically Wah! what it comes
1: down to and the houston astros did get punished i mean they lost their general manager they lost their manager i mean it's not like they the west got their Brave. manager and uh yeah yeah right exactly the, the it, yes yeah absolutely absolutely um, the Red Sox lost their manager. Like, it's not like that went completely unpunished. And then there's Tyler Glasnow of the Tampa Bay Rays, their ace, who is done for the year with a UCL injury. Uh And he went as far as to say that following the rules is why he injured himself.
2: But I 100% believe that contributed to me getting
1: hurt. Uh, no doubt. Without a doubt. Um I think like it's it's ridiculous. I'm just gonna. I have used sticky stuff before. It's ridiculous that like it seems like this whole public perception of like, oh, just like select few people. Like your favorite pitcher probably 50 years ago was using something too. Okay, okay, Um, but that doesn't change the fact that Major League Baseball is enforcing a rule uh, today about a rule that has existed, and now it's going to mean a 10 game suspension. I'm having a hard time, and Trevor Bauer, as he typically does, took to social media to complain about this and say how unfair this was. I'm, I'm having a tough time figuring out how, if there is a rule, even if it hasn't been enforced traditionally, if there's a rule, and now it's going to be enforced, how the players that it's being enforced against who have been breaking said rule are actually... The victims. Like this this is turned into some bizarre world feel bad for me, but it's not just these pitchers. I mean, Jeff Passen of ESPN was trying to explain last night why this was unfair on Twitter. Uh you have baseball fans who are trying to say, Oh, you want the adjustment? You want pitchers to adjust and follow the rules? That's unfair. How if how if pitchers become The victims here, are are baseball's pitchers being treated unfair for having to follow the no substances rule? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Are Major League Baseball pitchers being treated unfairly?
2: I mean, I'm reading their verbals, and it sounds like they're just mad that they can't continue to cheat. Like, that's all it is. is We're just mad that we got our toy taken away that we weren't supposed to play with. It's like when I take away... When my sons play with like toy swords, and I take them away because they're hitting each other in the face, that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and and I have also heard the argument: Well, why didn't they they do this in the off season? Why are they doing this now? Because Major League Baseball decided to do it now. It's clear. We we discussed it last week, Coquel. Uh, the overall batting averages in Major League Baseball are down forty points. We're down forty points. The lowest point in 40 years from what we've seen from its apex. I mean, that's significant. So when you see that, Major League Baseball decided, oh yeah, you know what, maybe there is too great of a competitive advantage and maybe we need to actually enforce this rule. And guess what? That doesn't make Rob Manfred evil. You can think what you want about Rob Manfred and the job he does as commissioner, but it doesn't mean that he's evil. But these pitchers are acting as if, they are having their livelihoods stripped away. So many of them have been able to make as much money as they've had, including a Trevor Bauer, because he has used substances to gain an unfair competitive advantage over God knows how long. Are pitchers being treated unfairly? Are the pitchers the victims in baseball? 888. 888- 76037768887603776. Now, I do want to put this disclaimer out here, Kokel. I am not a former baseball pitcher. I am not a guy who has been in the majors. I am not a guy who is wholly familiar with the concept of using uh sticky substances to gain a better grip on the baseball. So, I'm genuinely asking in this spot I mean, what what am I missing here? What am I missing? Is this wildly unfair to the pitchers? Because it seems like public sentiment is in favor of the pitchers, but I think, Coquel that's more because so many people despise Rob Manfred that he becomes the easy target saying, oh, that's out of line. This commissioner has no clue what he's doing. I think it's more of a, a, a visceral reaction to Rob Manfred than it is actually thinking about pitchers complaining that – They're not allowed to break the rules anymore.
2: I think it's also baseball doesn't like change. And because this is something that the players right away, they said, all right, what do our baseball fans love? They love what baseball was in the 1920s. Like that's where baseball wants to stay. So they said, oh, this was passed down from generation to generation. And once you said that baseball fans said, whoa, 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 we can't change things that we've always done in our grand game. I guess I I don't know what I'm I'm missing here. Like someone fill me in. Like if you think this
1: is unfair to pitchers, tell me why. I'm genuinely asking. I can't fi- really fight you on it, other than like me being someone that thinks that the rules should be followed in sports. And I get wanting to get a competitive advantage, but once you cheat to do so, and the league announces they're going to punish you for it, then you have to adjust. It's like anything in game. It's like watching film. It's like game planning. You adjust, and now pitchers have to adjust to following the rules. Are the pitchers being treated unfairly? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Also, yesterday you and I, after the show, had a discussion about the Major League Baseball punishment, the 10-game suspension mm. with pay. Mm. It's a 10-game suspension with pay. And what was the first thing you told me? The first, Your first takeaway from that was what? Where's
2: the punishment? It's a vacation. <laughs> of you mean, course, well, you is, would think that. How, right?
1: how is that a punishment? A ten game suspension with pay to Coquel is a vacation. That's not a punishment. That's a vacation. Me, me, I would be racked with guilt if something happened here at ESPN West Palm. I would be racked with guilt for those ten days, even if I was still being paid because I knew I I, I did something wrong and I was being punished. I uh, message had been sent and. I would sit there for 10 days and be like, oh, I can't wait to get back to work. Oh, this is miserable. This is terrible. I did something wrong. I'd bang my head against the wall. Those are just my sensibilities. You, however, consider it
2: a vacation. I would be racked with a pool float and a corona. Are you <laughs> kidding me? 10 days paid? How is that a punishment? So also, How is that a punishment? Let's add a question to this. Like, if I drop an F-bomb right now, am I suspended with pay? Are pitchers, being, are pitchers
1: being treated unfairly and... Is a ten-game suspension or a ten-day suspension in any walk of life with pay? Is that a punishment or a vacation? eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six You can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Steve is in Wellington. Steve, here on Ken Lavek alive. What's up, Steve? All right, I got three points, and then I'll hang up and listen. Sure. The
4: three points is, one, I think the argument that the pitchers are making is I don't think they have a problem with the rule itself. I think what they're having an issue with is the implementation of it in the middle of the season. Now, that's up for debate, what direction they want to go besides the point. But I think that's their argument. The second part of that is now, my second point is, regarding the the 10-day pay, I think baseball kind of recognized that they kind of goofed on that. And they're saying, okay, rather than suspend someone and take it away, it's kind of like a slap on the wrist. Here's what it is. You know, you're suspended for it, but you'll still get paid. So it's a slap on the wrist to kind of cover themselves because they're implementing it in the middle of the season. So that deals with that. So that's my second point. The third point with regards to what pitchers are saying, people are coming out now and go, oh, they're cheating, they're cheating. They're technically not really cheating. I don't know if you played baseball or not. I did. But a lot of times when you pick up a baseball – and that sheen, or your fingers don't have moisture in it, you don't get a good grip. And the first thing is, as soon as you get to spring training and you are a, a fresh drafty, and you're, you don't have the control, someone who's been there before said, listen, you don't have control, this will, and you'll tell the person, listen, my fingers, I can't feel the baseball. Someone comes in and says, oh, just put some rosin and some bug spray or whatever the heck it is, and you'll get the... Um, and you'll get the grip. And before you know it, guys start doing it, and they go, oh, I got the control, and I got this, and before you know it, it morphs into something else. So it's not like guys went out specifically going, you know what, let me use this because it's going to increase my, my spin rate, and I'm going to start striking out people. It had to morph from someplace. So the fact that we come on the radio and now we say, oh, these guys are all cheaters, when none of the guys goes out thinking, you know what, this is, this is what I'm going to do because it's going to help me. Sure. It morphs into that, yes, but Again, it goes back to the slap on the wrist, and then I hang up and listen. Yeah, to what and, you have and to appreciate say it, Steve, I mean,
1: the rosin. The rosin is out there though for a reason. So technically, it's like legal. Steve said, Steve said that they're actually not breaking the rules. No, they 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 are. It just hasn't been enforced. I mean, Major League Baseball rules specifically state that you can't use a foreign substance to gain grip on the baseball. Like that, that's a rule that has been there. This is not new. So it doesn't matter where it morphed from. It morphed from something that wasn't
2: legal. And again. You said that they are taught to use the rosin. The rosin is on the mound. The league puts the rosin on the mound for them. By the way, which I always thought like, looked like a big bag of baby powder, apparently that's tree sap. In case you didn't know. Oh, I did not know that, actually. Yeah. That's good to now, know. Now you know. You are a
1: cornucopia of, um, uh, of information. I do I, I appreciate means. you. Sounds uh, like
2: you said something very dirty on the air. Suspend him with pay 10 days. Yeah. <laughs> he, did see, a, he
1: said cornucopia. Now I'm racked with <laughs> guilt. Are pitchers being treated unfairly and is a 10-day suspension? you think suspension. My wife would be into a cornucopia? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Is the, a 10-day suspension with pay a punishment or a vacation? 888-760-3776. 888 760 3776 uh rigotti is ray on one ray in west palm you're on ken Levic alive what's up ray
3: hey guys what's going on man talk to me brother all right so i heard a good thing earlier on sports center uh back you know in the in the 90s or whatever the balls would get scuffed up and uh They would use the balls more Mm -hmm. more than they do now. Mm -hmm. And during every inning, on average, a pitcher uses nine different balls for one inning. And they're very slick. I mean, they just get no grip. And it's kind of messed up for them because they really have, I mean, it's, you know, I understand. I, I don't think they're trying to get so much advantage of just trying to get a grip on the ball when, Almost every other pitch you see, if it's a foul ball or it hits the dirt, it's gone. Brand new ball, brand new ball, and for them, you know, they gotta have something. So why don't Plus these hitters are so? Yeah, and you I know th- they're just taking batting practice on these guys now. Why don't you know? they
2: pre-scuff the balls? Like to a level well, of grip, then I, that, I, that solves that problem. But you can't scuff the ball. No, I'm either. saying the league should give them the balls. Well, that's something though
1: that can't be. That, well, that's something that can't be addressed right now, though. That's what Ray is saying. It's like this is something that's going yeah, to have to be said, arbitrated.
3: Right? They said back, you know, in the day or whatever, the umpires used to actually. Rough up the ball. They would a palm bit up the ball. They yeah, to the they, pitchers. yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, they would palm correct. off the ball. But you're right, there's so many baseballs that are gone through now and they, they generally don't try to reuse them uh, uh, from an inning to inning basis. And with
2: COVID no, they, they reuse them they, less.
1: You're right. That's they, a great they call. They actually changed oh, it. They, yeah, they used yeah. them last with COVID. Now, and I, I listen. I, mean, I I think that the pitchers do. The pitchers should absolutely. And Ray appreciate the call. The pitchers should uh, be able to in the off season ask if things can be more lax or they can have a better opportunity to use used baseballs. Because yeah, I mean that is that's something that that is obviously helpful to them. But for Major League Baseball to come out and say we're enforcing this rule. That's not wrong. That's not wrong for Major League Baseball to do, to say, hey, we're going to enforce a rule. I don't care when it is, if it happens in a season, if it happened 10 years from now. A rule is a rule. It's like the the neighborhood play. That's... Not allowed anymore in baseball, and I think that that gives a greater chance for someone to be injured if they're trying to break up a double play, but that's now a specific rule. You've got to touch the bag. The neighborhood play doesn't exist anymore, and that is the literal
2: rule in Major League Baseball. It drives me nuts, the neighborhood play, by the way. I'm glad they got rid of it. See, well, because same they thing started as- expanding it more and more. Yeah, there would be like in, on the infield yeah. grass. He was within ten feet. It's good. It's the same thing when people play golf, and I play golf with my brother, and he's like, oh, that's a gimme." I'm like, "You're four feet away, <laughs> and I've seen you putt." Gimmies <laughs> like, don't work here. like that. Yeah, like, exactly. get the ball in the hole, or we're not done.
1: Um, uh, who do we have next, Joe? Sorry about that. You can. Uh, oh, uh, Stu in Boyton. Stu, you're on Ken LeVick alive. What's going on, Stu? How
3: you doing, guys? Good, man. Uh, listen, I I got a question for you. If if it's ten games with pay, what <laughs> happens if you get caught twice? That's a good question.
1: Actually, that is a very good question, we're, and I, we're pa- going to send Rigotti 20 on. Twenty days with pay. <laughs> Which is an even greater vacation. I guess I guess uh I get Stu, caught over and over again. Stu, it does lend to the to the question then what we've been asking. Coquel thinks that's a vacation and he would do it. I'd be racked with yeah, guilt I, with a ten game suspension. Do you think that's a, a punishment or a vacation?
3: I, I agree with Coquel. if you're gonna get suspended, you know, you there's got to be a punishment, with it? You know, some documents? Yeah, okay. <laughs> if you get caught twice, then you had to do leagues or something or a uh, year suspension or what? Yeah, because this was you a know? memo. This was a memo
1: that got sent down to the team. so i I have not seen an official. Uh, like three, four-stage punishment plan here. Like all I can tell from this, though, all I can glean from this too is, if you were a pitcher in Major League Baseball, you'd hit the mound and just start squirting Elmer's glue all over the ball and say, "Give me my suspension with pay. I'm out of here."
2: A year.
3: Yeah, I got friends
2: in Hawaii. <laughs> I'm I got a tea time, man. Ken, a, a year, yeah. a year. Dude, paid, appreciate the call. A year paid suspension. I can start my memoir. Like it'd be oh. the
1: greatest. Uh, and and what exactly? What exactly would be the key features of your memoir? Coco? How to get
2: paid and not work. How to scam your. That's not a the memoir. System. That's a how-to book. Like I did things terrible here and came back with a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> That's my book. Yeah, that is the uh, that
1: is actually the damned truth. 888 760 3776. 888 760 3776. Is Major League Baseball being unfair to the pitchers and also 10 game suspension or 10 day suspension? Any line of work with pay. Is that a punishment or a vacation? Coquel says vacation, do it now. Like he might do something to have Stephanie
2: Prince suspend him next week and half the week after so he can float in his pool someone please reach out if you know stephanie prince or steve palatina reach out to them now Tax them and tell coquel needs to be suspended with pay (laughs)
1: 10 days 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 hey nba playoffs continue tonight nhl playoffs euro we already have a game in the books today with the euro soccer tournament two more to come And you know where you should watch it? Stormhouse Growing in North Palm Beach. They are built to house the sports fan. Any sport, and by the way, if you think, oh, soccer, I don't buy into to to a place down here being able a place to watch soccer. No, 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 no. The owner, Josh, huge Chelsea fan. They are all soccer guys at Stormhouse Brewing. They have all the matches. And on. they
2: strategically put the TVs where if you come with a group of people and another group comes, yep. you can be in the same room but far enough apart where you can kind of have fun with each other but you're not right on top exactly. of each other. It's an awesome environment for... Any sporting event.
1: Speaking of awesome, the craft beer menu that they have brewed in-house at Stormhouse Brewing by a master brewer who studied in Germany, bringing his expertise to Stormhouse Brewing. You want to be there. Just trust me. Stormhouse Brewing, North Palm Beach, just a half mile south of PGA Boulevard on US 1 in the Crystal Cove Commons. Indoor seating. Outdoor seating. There is not a bad seat in the house. Stormhouse Brewing. Again, North Palm Beach, just a half mile south of PGA Boulevard on US 1. Crystal Cove Commons, That Stormhouse Brewing. When we return, Tua had a bad day at practice yesterday. That's all it is. But mm. it's Tua get-in time because we're in full-fledged panic mode. He's Cocal I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and
0: Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Now back to Ken and Kokel.
1: As someone who covered the NFL for many years, let me tell you firsthand, this is just me firsthand experience conveying to you, the fan, there is nothing more pointless than getting anywhere close to panicked about anything that takes place in minicamp. That's right, Dolphins fans. I'm talking to you. Ken Levick Alive featuring Kokel. Don't forget, subscribe to the Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel podcast. We have it for you every single day. If you miss a single solitary second of the discussion or the nonsense or the terrible production value of this program, we have it for you in podcast form every single day, wherever you get your podcast. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel, the podcast. Subscribe to it, rate it, and get it every single day.
2: What? Oh, that's why I can't find I've been putting Ken Levic Alive starring
1: Coquel. No. <laughs>
2: well, it's not coming up. My bad. <laughs> no,
1: no. no, that would be why. It's uh it's it's featuring. Write that down, please. Like Take notes it.
2: The feature Coquel with Ken Levicka?
1: No, Ken Levicka Live featuring Coquel. Ah, okay, cool. Uh Tua of Ialoa threw five interceptions oh, yesterday. Oh my
2: nickname should be the feature. In fact, I just want you to address me as the feature from now on.
1: Okay, Coquel. Tua tunga of threw five interceptions at minicamp yesterday. And you know what? It just needs to be left at that because it it does not matter. It it does not matter. It's one thing coming from me. It's another thing coming from former Dolphins general manager Mike Tannenbaum, though, when he joined Evan Cohen yesterday here on ESPN
2: 106.3. Is Tua throwing five picks in a practice concerning in June? No. And, you know, to be candid and fair, we don't know what was asked of him. You know, maybe they wanted to see him push the ball down the field or – put it into a tight window. You know, I remember when social media was first starting at practices and there was a DB that gave up like three touchdowns and he came to me afterwards and it was all over, you know, the internet that, you know, this player struggled. He's like, you know, I was working on a new technique today. You know, my coach wanted me to try a couple of different things and that's where you're working on skill development. Look, I'm not saying it's a good thing that he had so many, but we don't know what was asked of him. So um, that context would be really important.
1: I mean, Thank you to Mike Tannenbaum for actually having sense and for being able to actually think like a rational human being. Thank you. We have got to stop. Every time there is one minute mistake or one thing to nitpick with Tua Tunga-Vailoa, he of nine NFL starts, we need to stop this hysteria, this panic, Go take a Xanax, relax, chill out, go kick your feet up, go meditate. This is ridiculous. If you're going to allow yourself in minicamp with a quarterback who admitted yesterday that the plan was to go be aggressive in driving rainstorms and try and fit the ball into tight spaces because it's practice, it's minicamp. You're going to make yourself sick. You are going to make yourself unhealthy. Mini camp unequivocally does not matter. And if you are using yesterday and Tua's five interceptions as a reason to rip Tua, as a reason to declare him not the Dolphins franchise quarterback, as a reason to make some sort of overarching uh, opinion on what Tua is as an NFL quarterback, then you're just daft and you're just wrong and you also just
2: don't get it. All right, three things. One, on behalf of the Ken Lavica Live featuring Coquel Show, we do not advise you to take prescription drugs unless prescribed by a doctor <laughs> or a medical expert. <laughs> Thank you for, the, for having my back on that. Number two, as a former high school coach, Ken, we did these drills all the time to set kids up to fail. Like, we knew the result was going to be bad, but we wanted them to work on certain things. There are times when you'll... Be a DB and you'll have them work on different techniques or a linebacker or a pass rusher or even an offensive lineman. Try it with another hand in the dirt that you're not used to. Centers, try a different way of snapping. and All of a sudden they snap five balls mm-hmm. over the quarterback's head. It's just your that's where you work on it is practice. So not a big deal at all. Two of throwing the picks, not a big deal at all. Especially in the rain, working on those drills. Now come preseason, that's still happening. Okay, then then we have a totally. a complete issue. Totally, and number three, Tua has a ring. On. I knew that was coming. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it.
1: So this is the interesting dichotomy with Coquel because from a he, a longtime high school football coach down here, head coach, successful head coach uh, to an extent. Uh, he, I, I knew that this was going to appeal to him because he wouldn't be able to necessarily react anti Tua like he is Jets Coquel, but high school coach, head football coach. What happened yesterday to him, not a big deal. I know I because want to defend practice the player, is for practice. And I don't want to defend the uh-huh. player. But, but anti-Tua came out, and how
2: did it come out? Rag arm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. I mean, it's not my fault, though. Honestly, if you think about it, if you really go to your heart and think about what I'm saying, Tua has a rag arm.
1: <laughs> Stop. Are you concerned about Tua? Is there a concern about Tua? I mean, this is an NFL-wide question because this was – uh, a lead on Sports Center last night. This was a discussion on NFL Network. Like Tua is his own brand. This isn't just the Dolphins, but this is, I mean, Jets fans, Patriots fans, where a concern about Tua would be a good thing for you is their concern about Tua. Five interceptions yesterday at minicamp. 888-760-3776.
2: 888-760-3776. Well, he's their franchise guy. They've gone all in on Tua. Mm-hmm. So they need him to be the guy. So it's not like we're talking about, hey, do you think that right guard is going to start? Like, No, you don't have – no matter how good you are everywhere else, you're not going to win unless your quarterback is the guy you need him to be. And I don't know if Tua is, Ken. He, did, he didn't look great last year. He looked okay. He didn't look great. He also played nine games. And if he's struggling now – Where's the development?
1: Yeah, but but it's a new offense. It's a new offense. It's a driving rainstorm. It's five interceptions. I'm with you. I'll give you that if this is happening in preseason, I'm going to have to sit here and finally convey, hey, I might have a little bit of uh, of concern. But I was around minicamp so much. And by the way, minicamp is just a dreadful experience. It's hot. There's guys you've never heard of. The the, the best parts of it are are uh, very fleetingly you'll have the ones go against the ones in 11 on 11 and then you say "Ooh, this is amazing and it's only like three snaps and then that's the only positive that you have of the entire day there is nothing to glean from minicamp that any reporter is going to be able to tell you that any fan is going to be able to tell you it is evaluation and it's largely the first chapter in several chapters of installing a game plan and in this case installing a new Offense mini camp concerns, mini camp panic is pointless. There's no reason for it, Coquel. There's not another sport baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer that goes through the amount of nitpicking, the amount of unpacking of practice reps that the NFL does from its reporters and from its media coverage. Like, oh, this guy's lining up at tight end, or this guy's a blocking tight end, or they're in this scheme defensively. You don't see that in any other sport. But it happens multiple times a year in football, whether it's rookie minicamp, minicamp, training camp, which lasts a month, unnecessarily four preseason games. Nothing gets scoured and poured over more from a practice standpoint than the NFL, and I think it makes fans dumber, to be honest.
2: I don't know. I, I saw yesterday on Twitter that Zach Wilson completed the pass to Elijah Moore over the shoulder. Oh, my God. The Jets are back. And uh, was that in seven-on-seven seven drills? Oh, no. it's just a route, no defender. <laughs> but, oh, the this ball. is what I'm saying. The spin on the ball looked good.
1: Oh. NBC Boston put out a tweet yesterday, a video of Cam Newton and Mac Jones throwing And Cam Newton, and again, it's against no defenders, but they're working on throwing to the back corner of the end zone. Cam was off the mark. Mac Jones completed a ball that was probably behind the defender, but it got completed. And the NBC Boston Twitter account said, "Looks like Cam Jones has an early edge in camp over, or Mac Jones has an early edge in camp over Cam Newton." I mean, are you kidding me? I, I you, how is that even like signed off on? Like there's gotta be someone in charge at NBC Boston that says that's one of that can't happen. That is so irresponsible and so ridiculous. And probably got so many clicks. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, you should have seen the replies under it. Cam's done. Mac Jones is the guy. Uh, it like, I
2: think Boston, it's so other clickbaity. Reason, wants Mac Jones. No, as a Cam I, know,
1: I know. I like, know. I think
2: there is some of that to it that they're, just pining for Mac Jones. But to win this that happens
1: job. everywhere though. I, I mean, you're talking seven on sevens, you're talking working against air, and you're talking about working in shorts. You can't clean anything from this.
2: That's unless you're
1: a coach You no know, one none of us dopes are evaluating anything. I can evaluate stuff.
2: Okay, fine. Whatever. I mean, go to my film hashtag filmroom 1063 You ever see some of those evaluations of Lamar Jackson? You ever see him? Yes. David Coney? Yeah. I'm on Richards. Mm-hmm. Oh, big names around here. Who knew about them first? Oh, yeah, me. Anyway, that's not the point. Another guy who locally I knew was going to be really good right away. Jacoby Brissett. He's the backup for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. The best thing for Tua is Jacoby Brissett is as good of a guy as they come. And he'll be cool just sitting in the shadows, not trying to make a name for himself, not trying to push his way in there. And he'll be ready to play, though, if called upon. By the way, Jacoby Brissett just threw an interception in Dolphins' minicamp, according
1: to these several reporters who are all tweeted at the same time. So time to panic. Time to panic. Oh, the backup threw an
2: interception. My God. Brissett's a good dude, so he probably saw Tua throwing all those picks and was like, let do right, him a favor. Look, let me make the kid feel a little better. Like, look, it can happen to me, too. Here is my point.
1: If you are going to come to a conclusion about Tua Tunga-Vailoa over a minicamp Performance. I don't care if it was perfect weather, 72 degrees and no wind, but especially one that came in the rain. When Tua afterwards said, yeah, we were trying to be aggressive today. That was the theme of the day, and we were trying to force some things to try and see how to play different coverages. If you're going to panic about that, then just mute all the Dolphins reporters or don't follow Minicamp. Don't read anything, and honestly, it's probably not good for your health to actually follow this football team because you're gonna make yourself miserable and you do not know what coaches are
2: seeing and what practice plans are. Okay? That's my friendly advice to you. So one of my favorite NFL reporters to follow is Jameson Hensley. He he reports on the Ravens. Yes. Right? He just reported that the Ravens, who probably because of this type of situation that's now happening to Tua, they no longer allow Reporters to film Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. throwing to receivers mm-hmm. because they don't want every throw broken down like that. I I I don't
1: like to do this because I am at my core a reporter guy, a media guy. I I was that guy who was giving Minicamp play by play, and I look back and I'm like, God, that must have been a miserable follow. I'm already a miserable Twitter follow. I can't imagine what it was like when I was given Minicamp play by play. But the Dolphins for the for the the sanity of Tua for the sanity of that locker room, for the sanity of the fan base, they may have to start asking Dolphins media, who already can't report who's playing where within formations, to stop giving the actual play-by-play because, or not have to report on Tua because it's becoming detrimental. Because, again, mm. there is nothing there is nothing that you're going to glean from Tua throwing. He could have thrown 15 interceptions yesterday, and it doesn't matter. Who is but detrimental it's set, to? Uh, Because it's constant questions for the players about something that is practice-related, that does not matter. But it does again, not matter. It's it's a it's a consistent distraction. It's the same reason the Ravens aren't allowing
2: the media to film Lamar Jackson Is throws. it detrimental for the fans and the team or to Tua? Cuz if it's to Tua, we have a bigger problem. I don't think it is detrimental to Tua though. Yeah. Tua was completely
1: even killed about it yesterday. That's what that's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah, I should have reframed I, I, that. I, I you're get, right. You're, I get I see, it for
2: the team though that I understand like we don't feel like But I see with
1: what it. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I should have been more specific. You're right. For Tua it's not a detriment for the team having to constantly answer those questions. It is. for the the fan base, it re- and you know NFL fans. I mean, a lot of them sit on Twitter and think because they read about the NFL, they actually know the NFL. That's not the case. I don't know the NFL, and I was in
2: a locker room every day. Ken, when I go back up to New York at times in the fall or the winter to visit my family and being a big Jets fan, my mom's always like, why aren't you going out to the Jet game and watching it with other Jet fans at the sports bar? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want to because NFL fans are dopes. <laughs> like, I would prefer to watch it by myself in a living room. But just again, like... This has been a tough year.
1: If you're going to get caught up over your favorite quarterback in Aquan Orange throwing five interceptions in a driving rainstorm in minicamp, go get a hobby. Go read a book. Mm -mm. Go binge watch something on Netflix. Mm. That's what Coquel prefers to do because he does not read books. Reading is for nerds. But just go do something else. Don't let yourself get bogged down. And again, the Dolphins will be best served to probably not let individual reports come out about Tua and what he's doing in practice.
2: So what Ken's saying, if you're out there having a paid vacation for 10 days, like a pitcher, don't report on Tua. Like, Don't worry about Tua. It's stress-free. Find something else to do. (laughs) Don't worry about OTAs during your paid vacation.
1: Should there be concern over Tua? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Ken Levick live featuring Coquel is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash mba Sport. This is how you get into the sports industry. It is such a wide, expansive industry. It's, it's really, honestly, not so much can I get into it. It's what path do I take? And that's what they help you sort out with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Why do I tell you about it? Because I've seen the success stories. I know how stressful it can be to want to do something. So badly and not know how to make your way into that position. Well, they've got your answers in the FAU MBA Sport Management Program because the professors, the people teaching the students are in the sports industry. This is firsthand knowledge. FAU.edu slash M-B-A-Sport, FAU.edu slash M-B-A-Sport. Sign up for fall semester classes. Get all your info at FAU.edu slash M-B-A-Sport, the FAU M-B-A-Sport Management Program. Is it a problem when the max contract guy on one team declares the max contract guy on the other team the best player in the world. It happened last night in Brooklyn. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling
0: 888-760-3776. It's Ken Levick Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken Levicka
1: and Chris Kokel. Yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's an MVP, but I think it's pretty clear that he and Kevin Durant are on different levels, and even Giannis had to acknowledge it last night, and I just wonder what the public perception is. Of that is Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Joe Rigotti hanging out with us on a Wednesday here on ESPN 106.3. I'll be back with you later on tonight. The only sports business radio show in the state of Florida, The Boardroom, presented by the Honda Classic, myself and Rick Haro at 6 o'clock Eastern time. So you're not going to want to miss that. Tune in,
2: will you? Yeah, listen to the other shows while you're there. Josh going in the home team, yeah. five. Evan Cohn 5 to 6 <laughs> with Jeanette. Javier,
1: that goes without saying. And by the way, starting tomorrow, leaderboard reports uh, throughout the weekend from Torrey Pines, the U.S. Open, right here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, so last night we saw history. We saw Kevin Durant go up for 49, 17, and 10 in a Herculean performances. The Nets go up three games to two on the Bucks in that Eastern Conference semifinal. I mean, that was magical. That was dominant and that was the mark of a guy who win healthy and he is now thankfully is the best player in the world I mean Kevin Durant that three that he hit late off that handoff from about 30 feet away. And then drills it with the shot clock winding
2: down. When Harden, that's jaw dropping. When Harden mismanaged the shot clock. He yeah. was like, here you take it yeah. with three and a half seconds left. Save our ass. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, they were down double digits mm-hmm. for most of the game. Yeah, and and they, he just kept fighting yep. back. And you could just see it in his face. He wasn't losing that game.
1: Down 17 at one point, And like Coquel said, down double digits for a good portion of that game. And Kevin Durant. Because, I mean, James Harden. If you can't give him respect for at least going out there and trying last night on that hamstring, I mean, he's like 20%. Uh, I'm just making up that number, but he couldn't do anything. He uh, he was humble. <laughs> he couldn't cut. He couldn't do anything. Like, all he could really do was dribble, and he tried, but he brought nothing to the Nets.
2: Um, uh, ah, he did. Himself, he brought nothing, but he was a great decoy. They couldn't play well, things the way they usually the Bucks do. The Bucs
1: completely botched The game plan last night. They were spending way too much, paying way too much attention to James Harden. I mean, that was really poorly coached by Budenholzer.
2: Isn't Giannis supposed to be a good defender?
1: Yeah, so that's another thing. Giannis was not on Kevin Durant at any point down the stretch. Really, at all.
2: Like, the guy's dominating the entire game. I get it early in the game, you're up 12. Stay that way. You know what I mean? Stay with what you're doing.
1: I mean, I honestly think, though. That
2: fourth quarter stretch, they got to go head-to-head.
1: I don't know if Giannis can guard KD. I don't know if anyone can. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, we can sit here and try and make excuses for Giannis, and we can say, oh, well, if he got another opportunity, sure, it would, uh, it, 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 it's all Budenholzer's fault. I'm not sure that Giannis can guard KD. And I'm also not sure right now what type of player Giannis is. What is he doing with the fadeaways? What is he doing trying to force shots from distance? Why doesn't he stick to what made him MVP? Stick to what got him paid this offseason? Because I, it, it seems like he's desperate to show that he has a full arsenal to his game when he clearly doesn't, and it's hurting his
2: team. He's des- desperate to try to be Kevin Durant. And he's not. But he's that, not even that, close. But that's what he's trying to be. Instead of playing in the paint, attacking the basket, which is what makes him so special. But then there's
1: this. There is your, your MVP MVP. Your former MVP last night after the game in Giannis Antetokounmpo saying this about the guy who just torched his team to go up three-two in a playoff series.
3: Oh no, man! Just keep making it tough. Uh, obviously, one of the best scorers to ever play the game. Um, it's good. it's kind of it's tough. It's tough, you know, like. He, he's the best. He's the best player in the world right now, and uh, we gotta we got to beat him as a team. So Giannis
1: Antetokounmpo, again, MVP. MVP saying that Kevin Durant, who just torched his team for 49-17-10, and 10, saying that Kevin Durant's the best player in the world, is that a bad look on Giannis? Is that, is that a bad look on Giannis? Because for me, I see he's giving respect, but I could see especially Giannis fans or... Bucks fans this morning saying, wait, you just got outplayed. You are hurting our team with bad decisions with the basketball, and you didn't guard KD or demand to guard KD down the stretch, and now you're going to declare KD is the best player in the world right now? I could see where they'd be unhappy. Is is Giannis Antetokounmpo, after last night's playoff loss, declaring KD the best player in the world right now, a bad look on Giannis? 888-760-3776, 888 888-
2: Seven six zero three seven seven six. Reading it after watching the game, I was like, "That's terrible." How yeah, can he right. Say that? That's
1: the initial reaction, right?
2: But then you listen to him say it, and he just sounds like such a nice guy. You're like, Nah,
1: I know. He's just being nice. But I, I consumed it the exact same way you did, and I, I like to think that I can, even if it's in print, without hearing it, I can say, "Oh, well, that was respectful of Giannis." And Kevin Durant is the best player in the world when he's healthy, like, and he showed it last yeah. night. Um, but it, no nobody does more with that body uh than uh, than Kevin Durant. Uh, he's incredible. But if I was a Bucks fan and I tried to put myself in a Bucks fan's shoes, because my initial reaction to that was, ooh, that's not a great look. And now I can say, yeah, that's respect that Giannis is showing to KD, and he's probably right. But also if I'm thinking about it as a Bucs fan, that would make me upset. Because You're getting paid like you should be the best player in the world. You have gotten the MVP accolades, and Giannis largely in this postseason, and yes, the Bucs swept the heat, and uh, the Bucs had come back to tie the series at two, winning both games in Milwaukee, but Giannis has looked sort of pedestrian at times, and certainly not like a
2: max player. Because he's doing too much. I think the timing of when he said it is what makes it so yeah. bad. Wait it's till today. Like, it's kind of like if you get divorced and your wife remarries and their stepdad in the picture, like two years down the road, you want to talk up Joe's stepdad. Like, oh, he's the greatest guy in the world. But that day when you first walked in and he's hanging out with your wife in your bedroom, you're not going to be like, wow, what a stallion that guy is. Because yeah. that's kind of what it felt like.
1: Is it a bad look for Giannis to last night after KD crushed the Bucks, call KD, the best player in the world, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And you can also tweet at us, at ESPN West Palm. So before we get into a little Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, red light, green light, I want to make sure that you have an air conditioning plan. And I cannot talk about this enough because it is uncomfortable and it is brutal. You know what's crazy too, Coquel, is down here, In the summer, when it rains, you get that little respite from the heat, and then it just gets more muggy and more disgusting as the sun comes out again, and it's just awful. And if you're in your home and your A.C. goes out, Well, that's about the worst possible scenario, and that's where EDS comes in. EDS is, yes, edsairconditioning.com. It's not only family-owned and operated, but it handles both residential and commercial air conditioning and plumbing needs. That's right, I said plumbing as well, in case you have a hot water heater problem or something going on around the house. They're versatile, AC and plumbing at EDS. Service and maintenance, new system installs, and they've been in the community. They know Palm Beach County. They've been serving it since 2006. Also, if your AC does go out, there is no time to waste, but we also know and they also know that you have your life to live and so you call eds and it's not oh well we can come out at it this time it's what does your schedule look like and we're going to try and work around you that is unheard of in the ac industry eds is yes edsairconditioning.com they're a train comfort specialist it means they're legit it's hard to stop a train edsairconditioning.com or call 561-316- 8799. EDS is yes. EDSAirconditioning.com. When we return, Coquel is going to unleash our Greenway Kia West Palm Beach red light, green light. And I have a feeling it's a hardcore NBA edition because all hell is broken loose in the NBA on this Wednesday. He's Coquel. I'm Ken LaVica, and I'm live on ESPN 1063. You are listening to
0: Ken LaVica live on ESPN 1063.
1: Personal injury. You never think you need to deal with it, especially find an attorney to work for you until, well, it happens to you. And that's where Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys come in. Pat Lawler, that man is versatile. He is our sports agent insider. He is our sports law insider here on LeVick Alive, but he also has spent years and years and years helping people get the money they deserve, the compensation they deserve in personal injury cases. The aftermath of a personal injury situation is really, really overwhelming. You need help. You need someone you can trust. You need someone who you know is going to fight for you. Pat Lawler and Lawler & Associates personal injury attorneys, they do that over 40 years of combined experience, whether it is automobile, boat, motorcycle accident, a slip and fall, any personal injury matter. Lawler & Associates have the expertise, the resources, and the want to help visit Lawler and Associates at wanttolawyerup.com. get your free consultation wanttolawyerup.com, for Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys
0: time for Ken and Coquel to decide if they want to stop or go red light stop green light go red light stop green light go red stop green go red light green light now you know red light green light is driven by greenway kia west
1: palm beach greenway kia west palm beach.com greenway kia west palm beach.com it's where i got my kia k5 gt just a beautiful creation of humankind the kia k5 gt greenway kia west palm beach.com red light green light Red light, that's a no. Green light, that's a go. Kokel, he has him for me. Let's go. Eric Bolster will be the new head coach red of light, the Portland Blazers. Red light, red light, red didn't light. it. No, red light. Okay, go ahead. That was it. Oh, that was it? Okay. <sighs> yeah, definitely a red light. That's not happening. They can say that be they've been discussing uh, Eric Spolster. You and I have been discussing having on Howard Stern. It doesn't mean anything. That's not going to happen. Eric Spolster is not going to the Trailblazers red light. Went to school in the
2: area, has a new kid.
1: and wants to that. raise his
2: kid not in crazy Miami. That
1: is just because he went to school at Portland. The Pilots, uh, by the way, very small gym. Called a game there once when FAU uh, was up there. Uh, that doesn't mean that he is in the plans for the Trailblazers because he's also an, oh, yeah, uh, two. Time world championship head coach with the Heat.
2: All right, fine. NBA coaching firings are happening left and right. With the firing of Stan Van Gundy, the Pelicans' job is the best available spot.
1: Uh, Let's see, so you've got Portland You've got New Orleans, I mean Portland Already to me is a better job than New Orleans Is, yeah, you're gaining Zion But also Portland has all Those perimeter weapons in this league And what we've seen with Giannis Struggling in the postseason, isn't that The damned proof? If you don't Have someone on the perimeter who can get the job Done for you reliably and someone who's Elite, Dame Lillard is elite Zion Williamson, jury's still out So to me, no, I think that's a red light I mean, I think New Orleans, what are the other Jobs that are open. Scotty Brooks DC. is not coming back to Washington. Boston. Uh, Boston. That's a good job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. Definitely not. Definitely not. Now Orlando's open. Orlando probably below New Orleans, but New Orleans definitely not the best job available.
2: I feel like Orlando's got to wait for everybody else to settle their jobs yeah. first and, and then, then they're they going to swoop into yeah, things. That's them. probably what's going to happen. Reggie Miller, NBA analyst, former all-time great shooter, is right that the Nets should sit KD for game six. <laughs> And go all in for Game 7. So let me repeat that. Okay, Reggie Miller is right that the Nets should sit Kevin Durant for Game 6 and go all in for Game 7.
1: If Reggie Miller had tweeted, definitely sit James Harden for Game 6, I'd say, yeah, Reggie's on to something. But, yeah, Kevin Durant, no. No, uh, you in the postseason, if you have Kevin Durant and you have a chance to close out a team coming off of what KD did in game five, you play him. That is a massive red light, though. I'm not going to like completely trash Reggie Miller like a lot of my Twitter timeline did. after he I am. That it's the most out.
2: absurd thing I've <laughs> ever heard in my life. Reggie Miller is a moron for saying that.
1: Okay. So it, that's a, that's an emphatic red light to a point where the I mean, red light has exploded.
2: The red light exploded. Okay. Everybody got tickets, even though they stopped. It <laughs> and it's a
1: 15-car pileup in the intersection. Like,
2: how can you sit the best player in the league no, I know. coming off a 48-minute performance where he sure didn't look tired, you're going to sit him out?
1: If I'm so Steve sorry. Nash, though, I would not play James Harden. I would give him an extra day so if there's a Game 7, you have a, a better than 20% James Harden on the floor for Game 7. Depending on how seven. he feels. Yeah, he did not look like he felt real good last
2: night. But we don't know if that's just him being rusty or is that him being hurt?
1: Don't we think, though, don't we think collectively in this room that, like we saw last night, Kevin Durant can go on the road and will the Nets to a victory over the Bucks? Because I think so.
2: Two games, Is it going to be hard? Yeah. but Two games but, in a row is hard, and he also had the threat of Harden there. I think that's why that playing Harden helps. But if Reggie Miller
1: said James Harden should sit, I don't think that's ridiculous. I do think that's actually a discussion that the
2: Nets would have. Yes. The other one?
1: Red light, green light, brought to you by Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, Beach greenwaykiawestpalmbeach.com. Coco? Kawhi
2: Leonard missing game five, and possibly the rest of the series is a huge red flag for any teams that were hoping the Clippers star would opt out. Well,
1: now that we see shams with this tweet that came out 10 minutes ago, Clippers fear all-NBA star Kawhi Leonard has suffered an ACL injury, sources tell The Athletic. He is out indefinitely so you see that acl injury your mind immediately goes to uh uh-oh acl tear now an acl tear clearly isn't what it used to be i would still i'm giving this a green light we saw the nets be patient with kevin durant with the achilles which is a significantly more gruesome injury with a significantly greater timetable for recovery than an acl Kawhi is that good if the, an ACL tear, even if that's a tear, he's ready by the All-Star break next season. Yeah, I'd go ahead and I would offer him. I would try and acquire him. I'm giving that a green light. Kawhi's not out of my plans, even if this is an ACL tear. But what a huge blow to the Clippers this is.
2: Well, he has a player option. So if you get him, you don't have to trade anything for him. No, anywhere. that's what I'm saying. Uh, it, yeah, it, but the, if I'm like the Miami Heat and I have the coach whoever replaces Spolster when he goes to the Trailblazers in the <laughs> offseason, if I have a good coach in there, I know that we can coach our way and have Jimmy Butler lead us to getting in the playoffs. I don't care if Kawhi doesn't play until April.
1: I think we know, like Kawhi is going to opt out, especially if this continues to go south for the Clippers. He's going to opt out because he should. He should get back into the free agent waters. If let's specifically to the Heat,
2: the Heat, even with if this is an ACL tear, should absolutely pursue Kawhi Leonard because Bam Butler and those boys, as Stephen A. Smith says, says, they can keep. They can get you to the playoffs. Yes. And he just needs to be there for the last month and a half.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you don't even have to play him at the All-Star break. You want him to
2: get some reps going into the postseason. As a Knicks fan, it scares me, though. Like, say the Knicks go all in for Kawhi and they get him. Well, because your cause franchise it, is cursed. And the injury history, it just yeah. it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, anything else? One more, yeah. Kenny. Jimmy Butler is making the right decision, skipping the Olympics. Oh, Greenlight for sure.
1: I don't think anybody should go play in the Olympics. Not after this season and all the injuries that we've seen. By the way, real quick, wow. no. You hate America? No, I don't hate America. I think that this Olympics is pointless and they shouldn't play it.
2: Melo should go. He's Captain America. Mello, no, Melo should go. I agree. He's the greatest Olympian of all time. I, He is. He actually is. Well, like, not, think, not
1: like of all time. Greatest all right, Olympian basketball player but of all and time. And he's
2: one of the greatest yeah. Olympians of all time, oh, for though, sure. But people don't ever look at it like that. By the way, Chris Paul tested
1: positive for COVID-19. So his availability for the beginning of the Western Conference Finals is unknown. He is vaccinated. He has been fully vaccinated with Pfizer. This is according to uh, The Athletic, which also increases his chances of being able to come out of protocols properly it's unknown if he's symptomatic or not but if he's asymptomatic he would be ready for a game one of the western conference finals presumably once again showing that being vaccinated absolutely unequivocally matters even if you still test positive especially in sports
2: green light the vaccinations
1: green light the vaccines indeed and that is red light green light brought to you by greenway kia west palm beach greenway kia west palm beach they want to put you in a car they've got their credit clinic on site at greenway kia west palm beach payments on a sale as well where you purchase release any new kia on their lot they're going to give you your first nine months of payment off listen bottom line they're trying to make it easy for you to buy a car at greenway kia west palm beach go off the lot happy no matter your financial circumstance or your circumstance period that is greenway kia west palm beach it's where i got my kia k5 gt it's where you should get your kia as well greenway kia west palm beach.com greenway kia west palm beach.com
2: time for barhawk okay
1: the new york hour after i say goodbye he's coquel i'm ken levicka thanks joe rigotti we've been live on espn 106.3 bye now